Welcome to the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast. My name is Amanda Fisher, the Cashflow Queen and author of Unscramble Your Numbers. Welcome to episode 19 of the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast. Today I'm with Greg Smagiassi from Our CFO. Welcome, Greg. Hello, Amanda. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. That's excellent. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Today's going to be awesome. But first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself and Our CFO. Yes, well, I'm, I'm, uh, so I've, I've got an accounting background. I've spent uh, almost 30 years in the accounting industry and I'm a founder of a business called Our CFO, as you mentioned. And we work with businesses to help them see their future using numbers. Perfect. And that's what I'm all about. I love, 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 love that. So did you, did you kind of do your early days as, you know, an accountant doing tax work or like what, where did you start? How did you end up doing CFO? Yeah, great question. So it's been a lot of different experiences. So the first 15 years of my career was in the tax accounting industry. So I know that industry very, very well. Uh, part of the journey was spending some time in a commercial role. So as an internal uh, financial controller slash CFO for a very large, successful family business and, and learned an immense amount uh, about business uh, as a result of that experience and business beyond the numbers. And also part of the journey was retraining as a business coach. So I spent six years uh, working as a business coach, as a franchisee of a, an international network. And what we've done is we've brought all of those experiences together to create the offer that we currently have through our CFO. Perfect. And I, and I think that's one of the things that differentiates the good CFOs. Oh, I'm going to have to be careful what I say here. But um, but I think that's one of the big differentiators that for those of us that have done it, where we have gone and worked as an internal accountant in business and seen how it really works on the other side, whereas a lot of tax accountants, that's all they've done, and they don't actually understand the trials and tribulations, the stresses and strains of running a business, worrying about cash flow on a day-to-day -day basis, dealing with all the systems and processes within the business that relate to finance and, and often, often other areas as well. Uh, and I think that's the big thing that, for me, that differentiates for those that have got that experience. It, you just bring a wider set of skills to to your clients and, and to the work you do. Uh, absolutely. And I think the, you know, when when I was working as a tax accountant, I think that's something that really stood out for me was that uh, I felt that I didn't know a lot about business beyond beyond tax accounting. And whilst tax accounting is super important, we, you know, we have an obligation to, to meet all the rules and regulations. Uh, it's not the only thing that makes a business successful. Actually, well, in my view, it's a byproduct of business success. It's not a key ingredient to business success, uh, but it's a, it's a cash flow issue. So from a cash flow perspective, if I have the CFO hat on, obviously we need to understand our tax position for a whole range of different reasons. But going back to the original point, understanding a business beyond numbers, understanding the business beyond 
the tax and compliance obligations is super, super important, especially if you're working as a CFO and providing strategic advice and direction for businesses. Mm. And and that's the thing, the, I mean, I know from a from the accounting industry perspective for many, many years, and I can remember doing something back in the 1990s where, you know, that uh, was Paul Dunn from Results Corporation at the time, and he was talking about how accountants needed to stop just doing tax and start doing more of the business advisory and CFO type work, etc. But you know, the, the challenge was that 99%, I reckon, of accountants at that point had no other experience and no other knowledge, and so how can you provide that service whether you when you've never had any experience in it or training in it? So um, I think that's uh, that's the thing, and I, I like the fact that you've just said that uh, tax is a byproduct of uh, of a successful business because I think that, and and it does affect cash flow without question. But it, I think that's the thing. I think it, too many businesses get caught up with I have an accountant, um, you know, the accountant that does the tax, uh, and think that that's all they have or all they should have when there's so much they're missing out on in terms of being able to see what's going on in their business and understand what's going on. But I remember, and and one of the reasons I asked you on to, on to, as a guest on this podcast is I really wanted to to delve into, I remember you presenting at a mastermind that we I was attending a really, really cool way of how you explain profit, cash, and kind of balance sheets. And it's the one area that I think we both know that people get really muddled up in they kind of understand profit but like there's always the where's the money and then what's the balance sheet and how does it fit together and oh, I'm so confused oh, I'm not gonna look at it um you have some really neat ways of explaining that yeah well I think the the experience that I had as a as a tax accountant uh in relation to that so we would be you know sitting in front of a client going uh you know well done you've made x amount of dollars last year and before I could even tell them what their tax position was as a result of that, the client's jaw would usually hit the desk at that point and they'd go, well, you know, that's fine, but I don't have that amount of cash in the bank. You're telling me that I made this money, but I don't have that cash in the bank. Why is that? And so after a period of time of having that conversation and not being able to explain it in a way that was understood by the client, I took it upon myself to work that out. <clears throat> now, one of the other things that I got from my experience as a business coach was that we all learn differently and we receive information differently. We have different personality types. And as accountants, typically, or certainly in my experience, I would communicate in one style. And that style wouldn't necessarily resonate with the person that I was working with. So what I did was created a visual system of helping people understand the relationship between profitability and cash flow. And the visual system uh, helps people a lot. You know, I, I can run a 90 minute workshop around numbers and you actually won't see any numbers at all. Oh, wow. uh, <laughs> and, that, and that's the, uh, the session that you might recall yep. uh, that we did at the mastermind. So actually when I think about it, you, you didn't mention numbers either. I don't think I, I forgot yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, so so by developing the, the visual representation of that relationship between profit and cash, we're now able to e explain how that works in a really, really simple way to the point that you know, most people that we do that with sit there and we get the jaw hitting the desk kind of scenario again, but in a positive sense in that they go, 
wow, had I known that 15 years ago, <laughs> I probably would still have hair on my head. You know, it uh, would have saved me a lot of stress. Um, so it's, it, it is actually really simple. And the communication of it is maybe not so simple. Yeah. But once it once it's in a visual sense, um, people then get it, and and I think that's the really critical thing uh, as accountants and and even as non-accountants, we really need to check in on how we're communicating with the people that we work with because we are all very different, mm. and I think that is something that is often lost on advisors, be they accountants or others, is that they will communicate in such a way that reflects their own communication style. Yep. Not necessarily the communication style of the of the person that they're working with. So I think that is probably the the area that we have had a lot of success in in that we have put a lot of effort into making sure that our communication is on point, understandable, simple and also strategic. And 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 I think that's the thing. I I I was presenting at a conference a couple of weeks back, probably a month ago, and I have a slide that says accounting isn't complicated, and mm. and the, the room just burst out laughing when I put that slide up, and 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 it was just I I actually wasn't expecting that reaction. I was expecting more the yeah yeah really. Um, they just they just burst out laughing. And I thought it was just the biggest joke out. I'm like, naturally, it is simple when you break it down. It is there are ways of explaining it in a simplified way. And I think the accounting industry has got a lot to answer for in you know all the smokes and mirrors and mystery and mystique of whatever we do supposedly that um, you know our accountants, our clients don't need to know about that because that's all the you know weird and wonderful stuff that we know because we've had a university education or whatever. Um, if, if you if you boil it down, it is simple. And if you can put it in a manner like you have with your visuals where it's like you look at that and go, oh, my goodness, for the first time, this makes sense. And I'm sure that's what reaction you, you get when, when you're presenting and, 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 and showing your models. It is. And uh, the, the look of relief that we often see on, on people's faces when they finally get it, uh, that's probably what it is. It's the most rewarding part of, of that intellectual property that we have built for people in that you can see that they feel like there is hope. They feel like that, yes, now I get this. Now I've got something I can work with. Now I can, now that I understand it, I can measure it. If I can measure it, I can build strategy around it. And if we've got strategy around cash flow, then we give ourselves a better than even chance of being cash flow positive. Uh, whereas before that, if they don't understand it, it's unlikely that they're measuring it effectively. And in my view, if you're not measuring it, you can't manage it and you can't strategize it. Uh, so it really does create a, a step change and makes a major impact. And, and you know, for example, we had a client uh, that we onboarded about 18 months ago, suffering a lot of cash flow stress. The business fundamentals were really, really solid, great business, but the cash flow position was causing them all kinds of problems. And 18 months later, they now have record profitability, they have record cash flow, and their mindset around their business is entirely different. They're, they're thinking differently about their business. They're not focused on dealing with cash flow stress. They're now focused on well, how can we use this excess cash flow to reinvest back into the business to make it even better, and even and even take business out, uh, take uh, money out of the business now so that they can pay down personal debt, 
or they can uh, invest outside of the business to spread their, their investment base. Just a totally different world and it is incredibly rewarding uh, to see people make that shift. Yeah, and, and, and the thing about it is it is doable. I, obviously, you've got to have strong business fundamentals in the first place. You need to have a business that is you know, viable in the first instance. But Absolutely. When, if you've got that, and, and that's the shame I think I see too many businesses that potentially should have survived and thrived and, and done well for their owners just end up closed doors, failure, defeat, because they haven't put the time and effort into to figuring out what is going wrong with the numbers and how to fix it. Um, and that's, uh, that's always a sad thing. So let me ask you this one. In terms of, of a CFO, so what size business, I mean, obviously you have a target market that you work for, but just in general terms, when, when is it worthwhile for a business to get a CFO, do you reckon? Like is there a kind of a turnover level or a, or a number of people or, or some triggers there that kind of you go, you know what, so at this point, yes, you should be looking at a, in, F, in essence, a part-time or virtual CFO, I guess, but I'm not quite sure which word you prefer to use. Um, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the kind of the trigger point? Yeah, it's a great question, Amanda. Uh, you know, so, I mean, generally, so the, the kind of businesses that we work with turn over between $3 million and $100 million a year. And so we've been able, we built our business model around working with those kinds of businesses at that level. Uh, we haven't been able to get our business model to a point where we work with, say, businesses that are in startup phase and are, you know, less than $3 million in turnover or less than $1 million in turnover. So it's really just, uh, that's just where we're, we're at as a business. But going back to the question, at what stage should you engage a CFO? If a CFO was available and affordable, I believe that that you know, business really needs to do it from day one to get the fundamentals right. And simple things like getting the chart of accounts structured correctly from day one makes a massive difference. Uh, having a budget, you know, when, whenever we start working with a client, and this is, we have, we've not ever worked with a client where their chart of accounts has actually been uh, set up in such a way that is dynamic, that is commercially orientated, and that is also management style or management orientated. I know, I know. They're all been set up. I'm probably killing the accounting industry in this one, but anyway, they've all been set up by an accountant or bookkeeper who puts the jolly thing in alphabetical order. And I have to say, I confess, I used to do that when I was a tax accountant too, when I didn't know any better, but put them in alphabetical order, expenses in the list, no idea of what belongs in real cost of sales. They've set it up to do annual financial statements at the end of the year and they've not it's got no bearing about giving useful information management information for the business owner that's running the jolly business it's like oh it kills me uh, yeah it's incredible so that's you know a lot of the work that we do when we first onboard a client where the first step is usually uh well it is we redesign their chart of accounts once we get agreement on the design then we have to reorganize all of their data because we use their existing data as a baseline for their initial three-way forecast. Uh, so if I was starting a business and with the benefit of hindsight, the first, one of the first things I would do from a financial perspective, make sure the chart of accounts is dynamic in terms of the industry that it's operating in. 
also having a budget. And when I talk about a budget, I mean in a three-way sense. And maybe to your listeners, they may or may not understand that. Um, but in a three-way sense, we're talking about a budget for the profitability component of the business, a budget for the cash flow component of the business, and also a budgeted financial position. And that may sound a little complex, and it can be. And that's why you would talk to somebody like yourself or myself from the get-go to say, help me with the chart of accounts. Let's get that right from day one. Help me with a three-way forecast so that we understand what we need to do in terms of revenue, in terms of margins, how we're going in managing our costs, what our cash flow dynamics are going to look like, what our financial position is going to look like, because there are so many things that hang off all of those issues that they need to be strategized from the get-go. So that's that. That's what I would say to any any business, whether you are a $500 million business or whether you're a $500,000 business or a $100,000 business, if you can understand those elements around the financial, in the, in the financial context, then you give yourself a far greater chance of being successful. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, and that, and that's the, I guess that's the bandwagon that I'm, the drum I'm beating is at the, yeah, you know, the lower end of the startups, the early stage businesses is getting some of this stuff right from the beginning. And and I get that when you're excited about setting up a business and you doing whatever it is you do or selling whatever product it is you're you've created or you've come across and you're all excited about that and that's where you want to put your time and energy. Yeah. Ignoring and pretending that the numbers don't matter or you're not good at maths or whatever excuse under the sun you want to come up with. It just it's it's you're doing yourself a big disservice and the business a disservice um, because you're hampering yourself right from right from the beginning. Um, Absolutely. Um, I I was just meeting with a client. I have to say, a prospective client. He's setting up a new business, but he's pulling around him a group of experts. So he's getting me on board as the CFO. He's got a uh, an equity partner in the business who's got some massive success in business so he's providing various services and advice and and he's just bringing around him a really strong team in all the areas that are the bits of the business that he doesn't have the expertise in so he'll go out and sell the business in terms of the you know the services and get the contracts and and make it happen and be the CEO and do what he needs to do but he's got around him you know other people who've been there, done that before, that can, you know, keep him on the straight and narrow. He's, I just, I just know that business is going to fly. Whereas, yeah, yeah. whereas others, you, you know, it's like, oh, I'm setting up a new business. I'm doing X, Y, Z, you know, and they're doing everything and you know, it's going to be a struggle and they're going to struggle and it's going to be a hard, hard road. It doesn't mean they don't get there but it just makes it so much harder. Yeah, no, I think the one of the, the common themes that I often see with business owners is that they feel like that they need to have all of the answers. They feel like that they need to know everything, all the detail, and, and they actually don't. The most successful people that I've worked with are the ones that have an ability to ask questions. Yeah. And they don't feel the need to have all of the answers. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's a lot of, you know, the way that I view business is like, making an awesome curry. It requires a lot of different ingredients. Yeah. Things need to be cooked at different times. You've got to time the chopping up of the, uh, the, the ingredients and the time that, you know, the timing of the ingredients going into the business. And so there's lots and lots of different ingredients. And, and 
there's a lot of moving parts and including the financial aspect and, and that can be one of the most complex parts of a business. So by seeking out professionals, those that are expert in their field and making sure that you're building a solid foundation, then your chances of success are far, far greater than what they would be otherwise. And and again, you know, I've, I've worked with people that, are, that have come to me and uh, you can see the stress in their face, you know, you can see the stress in their body and their results uh, reflect mm. that in that they're not making any money or their business value is not anything other than fire sale value. Uh, and then, and then when you provide the advice, if you if you tell them that look, you need to do this, this, and this, and they either you know you know swear at you or tell you that you don't know what you're talking about, or uh, you know, they're just not open, they're not open to learning. And I think that's also one of the most important aspects as well, is just being a sponge for information, uh, seeking out those around you that have got the expertise or have experience in your field and really just taking it all in. And you don't have to agree with everything everybody says, mm. but you should be just keeping a really open mind and just getting as much information as you possibly can, making your own mind up as to what is uh, relevant, what's not relevant, what's valuable and what's not. Um, but don't feel like you've got to have all the answers. Mm. Seek out people like yourself um, and, and just open your mind to... Uh, what's out there in the big wide world. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I, I I would add to that is what I tend to say is that as a business owner, you do have responsibility for all aspects of the business. No question, it's your business. Everything, you, know, you, you fall on your own sword, so to speak. It, you are responsible for the whole lot, but you don't need to know the nitty gritty detail. You need to know yeah. the strategy level, the surface, you know, sort of the high level bits. Like from an accounting perspective, you don't need to actually do the bookkeeping yourself. You can get someone else to do the bookkeeping. No. You don't need to pay the bills yourself, although you might because of paying out of your bank account. But, um, but you know, there's a whole load of things there that you don't necessarily need to be doing and know how to do. You need to know what they are and what the implications are, but you need to have that kind of high-level look at the numbers uh, and understanding of the numbers and not the not the how-tos. Um, and obviously the same applies in in lots of other areas within in the business as well, whether that's legal, HR, marketing, other yeah things there, the same kind of logic there. That yeah, and I think that you know one of the other really valuable things that numbers do offer is that if if you do have good numbers that are timely and accurate, it helps the business owner understand where they need to focus their efforts. Yeah, and one of the things that we all be we're all challenged by are competing priorities. Where do I spend my energy? What do I yep. focus on? What's going to generate the results? And good numbers will help you do that. They'll, they'll tell you what parts of the business are working well, what part of the business or parts of the business that are not working so well. And then you're given a chance, an opportunity to focus on the right areas that are going to make a difference. Whereas if you don't have the right metrics in place, you're running on gut feel. And gut feel is important, but it's not mm -hmm. everything. You do need to back that up with, with some, uh, some facts. Uh, so really, really important when you've got competing priorities, which most of us do, know where to focus the energy so that you get the best results possible. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. So we're just coming towards the end of, uh, of our session, unfortunately, but that's been mm. fantastic, Greg. Thank you so much. You. Um, so if you were to recommend to our listeners one business book that's had a big impact on you, what would it be? 
Uh, so another great question, Amanda. You've got all the good questions today. Um, there's, I, if I can do two. So one, one is good okay. to great. Awesome yes. book. Uh, have read that yeah. several times. Um, and then there's another one, uh, Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. Uh, another fantastic book. Uh, so if you're looking at growing a business to any kind of scale, then I would highly recommend that one as well. Excellent. Okay. I haven't, uh, I haven't heard the second one, so I'll, I'll definitely be looking that one up. Perfect. Thank you. And um, what's, what's your favorite business app? Why and how do you use it? My favorite business app is an app called Podio. Oh, okay. And uh, which is owned by a global tech company called Citrix. There's probably a lot of people out there that have heard of Citrix before. Mm -hmm. And so as a an external CFO business. So I don't use the word virtual because virtual implies that it's not real or partly real. And the way that we work is very real. Okay. Um, so as an external CFO, uh, there aren't any business management systems that are designed for our kind of industry. So we've had to, so what Podio does is it allows you to configure processes, automations, dashboards, so you can have full visibility over what's going on within the business. You can also, as I said, you can create automations. So there are certain processes within our business that are completely automated. And what that does is allows us to give a consistent brand experience for our clients. Wow. Um, and so Podio is not only useful for a business like us, but if your business is unique in any way, or if you need to design unique processes and systems and automations, then it's a, an app that can be used by any industry almost. Um, so it's it's a cloud-based and uh, you can also have a, an app on your smartphone. So I can, I can go to my smartphone and I can get a good view on where everything is at for all of our clients, who's doing what, uh, in some cases who has not done what they need to do. Um, so we've got complete visibility over the business. Wow. Okay. Um, that sounds, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah. Thank you. I haven't, haven't heard of that one. So thank you for that one as well. You're a fountain of useful information today. Awesome. Great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning today. This is, rats is awesome. <laughs> uh, you got the good questions. So if you want it, if you want a better answer, you ask a better question. Yeah, you, well, you're good at uh, uh, coming up with the great questions. Yeah. And that's true though. It really isn't it. And that's, and that's coming back to everything you were saying earlier about, you know, asking the questions and, and knowing what the questions are. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the benefits we do have of the cloud accounting systems now that are so up to date all the time is what I was finding was clients were asking questions a lot more. They were saying, okay, what's this number mean? What's this number? What's that? I've got this report. What? Tell me more. Uh, whereas with the old desktop, get the books done every quarter for the Baz. Um, don't worry about them in, in between time. You know, mm. they never looked at things. So I think it's it's uh, it's good we've got visibility, but that is also meaning people are asking more questions, which is which is uh, which is great. And I think that, that can only improve the overall success rate and and uh, of businesses and for them more of them to thrive and survive into survive and thrive into the future. Absolutely. What's uh, so? Last question for you. So we need to wrap up. What is the one piece of advice mm. you'd give our listeners to help them with their cash flow? I know we've talked about that a bit already, but if there's yes. one piece of advice that you would add or or repeat, what would that be? I would say so. There, there's there's a number of different variables, as you know, when it comes to cash flow management. But if I could give the one piece of advice, that is to understand the working capital requirement of the business. Yeah. 
So f as a first step, understand what working capital is. And so speak to somebody again like yourself to understand firstly what working capital is. Then as you model your business financially, have a look at what the working capital requirements are for your business. Most businesses in Australia are undercapitalized, which creates problems from the get-go. Correct. So if you can understand your working capital requirements, understand how that affects your cash flow, and then build the right measures around your working capital so that you can manage it effectively. And if you do that effectively, manage your working capital, then your cash flow cycle will be better than it would be otherwise. Perfect. Love it. Thank you very much, Greg. That has been fantastic. As I say, I've learned a lot, which is uh, uh, I wasn't necessarily expecting to today. So that was a, <laughs> that was an extra bonus for me. Um, mm -hmm. But for our listeners, uh, Greg's contact details, if you want to know more about his lovely visual models, his uh, contact information will be in the show notes. So do check that out and have a check out of what Greg's up to. He does some amazing stuff. And, um, yeah, it's uh, as I say, I love his uh, visual representation. So if you get a chance to uh, connect with him and find out more about that, please do so. And if you like this episode, of course, do subscribe to the podcast so you never miss another one. And uh, for more training, go to amandafisher.com.au. Thank you again, Greg. Thanks, Amanda. It's an absolute pleasure catching up again, and I hope, to, I hope we get to catch up again soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get notifications of upcoming episodes so that you don't miss any. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.